Welcome to the new Teacher Talk podcast. We are helping you find your passion, learn your craft, and share your successes. Welcome, everybody. How's it going, Pablo? It's going well, Wes. How you doing, buddy? Doing great today. Yeah, it's a nice day. It is a nice day. It's a nice day to do a podcast. Yes, it is. And it's hot where we are. It is hot. Which is uh, coming back. We're heading back. We're recording in the car. And we're coming back from a retreat, a leadership retreat that our district does every year. And this time it was out in the desert. Yeah, second year in a row. Yeah. Great rates. Great rates during the (laughs) summer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're fresh off of that, and uh, we want to share some thoughts about uh, how to get your, uh, plan your future career moves with your teaching career. That's right. So, you know, as a new teacher, you don't often think about these things, but in all other aspects of life, I feel like we do. You plan for future things, let's yeah. just say. Yeah. And so, like, for example, if you're investing, you try to plan accordingly, and yeah. you try to plan for, you know, future growth in your your bank accounts and things of yeah. that nature so you can retire comfortably. And this would be no different, but it's just yeah. more about focusing on your career, and especially as a new teacher – you might want some options and, and goals and targets to focus on. Yeah. Um, there's nothing abs- – I want to make this perfectly clear. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a career teacher. Um, and, in fact, we're going to get into this a little more. I, I would have thought that I would have taught for 40 years and called it, called right. it a day. And, right. But things open up, opportunities open it up, and it's whether you want to say yes to those opportunities and walk through those doors and take a bit of a risk. On yeah, how your how your career gets formed um, based on the, based on those decisions. Yeah, and uh, I think part of what we want to achieve by sharing this conversation is just help you have the understanding of the options that are out there, and we all make choices, and and just being aware that um, you have uh, the choice of different paths out in front of you. I was just thinking about like you use the investment example, but, uh, like if you're going to start a family, you could start a family. Now you start a family in three years, five years, there's no right or wrong answer, but every choice about when you do that leads to, you know, different, um, outcomes or consequences. And so we're just going to share some of the things we've been through, uh, personally and our personal experience with the choices we've made in our teaching career or careers in education and just highlight dozens, probably, if not more, options that you have in front of you. Absolutely. So let's start it with the first thing. Let's talk about our personal experiences. Wes, what are some of the, or what is kind of the road that yeah. you, you took to get to the position you're in now and where you started in your educational so, career? So funnily enough, I'm going to start before I started teaching. I was a youth pastor. And that working with children, working with youth, um, actually led me into teaching. So, you know, we have listeners who are actually not teachers yet. They're looking to get into that. And some of your experiences outside education definitely inform your approach to and decision to get into teaching. Uh, But I started as a a long-term sub in a special ed classroom. And then I, the next year, I was a ninth grade English teacher. Then I did that for several years, and an opportunity presented itself to coach teachers. And so I was a support provider is the name they use, but it's basically a two-year kind of guided mentorship program in California for new teachers. So I supported new teachers for probably five or six years, 
I was a literacy coach for a year at a high school campus. And then I worked as a consultant for three or four years. I was a technology coach. And then I worked at a virtual high school. So I was an online teacher. And at that school, there was tons of opportunities to do really inventive things. Um, But then I moved into management and I was a program specialist for personalized learning and online learning and coordinator of 21st century learning. And now I'm a director uh, in the kind of ed tech realm, helping teachers use technology and doing things with personalized learning. So, you know, it's been 20, gosh, 20 plus years, 26 years. Is that what I said? Yeah, 26 years. (laughs) 26 years. And, you know, probably you add those things up, it's, you know, it's probably half Probably every couple of years, there's something new coming around the corner for me. So it's it's really interesting. And that's perfect. I think that's a great example. Um, you probably just either had the opportunity early on to make some decisions based on your career. where you, uh, So for change, because you listed a lot of things that you had done mm-hmm. in those 26 years. And mine's probably a little bit more straightforward. But I spent probably more time in the classroom, and that's yeah. just another option. So this is this is good to put right. it, lay it on the table. Yeah. I um, essentially started my teaching career substitute teaching, as as most well, a lot of teachers do, not all teachers. Yeah. And then um, I was a teacher leader, uh, my school site. So that's the first you know position that I held as a teacher that I could lead in you know other professional development within our school and the district. And really from there, I taught for 15 years in two different districts and then applied for a teacher on special assignment um, mm. in the department that we're currently in, which is the innovation department or yeah. the innovation and instructional department, which we are both part of. And the following year, uh, there was an opportunity to get into a management position, um, pretty much managing the position that I was in, right. and that is the teacher on, we have three teachers on special assignments that we both work with and manage, and that's pretty much where we are now, again, much like Wes, uh, supporting education technology and all the innovation that we have going on in our district. So mine's a little bit more straightforward, and, and that's, you. we're up to speed on both of our careers and where we're at. We're not going to go into depth into yeah. what we do right and now. We've, we've talked about some of these things in previous uh, episodes, but you've yeah, done yeah. some consulting too. And yeah. yeah and, and I'm glad you brought Outside. that up. Uh, we both have done some consulting. I, I forgot about that, that I have had opportunities to work with some other districts um, in the area of education technology and support iPads and, and things of that nature. So yeah, much of the work and the experience that I've had within this position has supported some of the consulting work that I've done. Yeah. So these are all options and there are only a few of the, the many options that you as a new teacher have as yeah. you grow through your career. Yes. And like Wes said, there's no right answer to this, but it's kind of good to start thinking about that. Maybe not in year one, right? but in some cases it, yeah. it is because, yeah. you know, I was talking to a colleague today, actually in the leadership symposium, and they knew as a kindergartner, at least they wrote down as a kindergartner that they wanted to be a teacher yeah. when they grew up. Yeah, And sure enough, she became a teacher, yeah. And now she's she's with us here at the district. It was it's her first year as in the management, at, at least department with us. So that that's really neat that she knew early on. Yeah. For myself, that that wasn't the case. No, I kind of grew either. into the position. Yeah, and uh, we have a podcast in the district where I interview uh, teachers, and that's 
that's not an uncommon uh, story is that teachers knew early on they were playing, you know, school and they're teaching kids on their street when they were a kid and they just have that seed. And then the other half of the teachers uh, I interview, it comes way later. But I think knowing yourself and knowing the paths that are out there in front of you um, are, are helpful. And it's interesting, like when I hear us talk about our experience, I go, wow, that's kind of a a bit more it's a bit much i mean that's a diverse range of experiences and it might sound like well you know that's you guys are kind of unique but that's actually the opposite of what we want you to take away (laughs) we want you to see there's these experiences in every school district out there there's multitude uh, of positions and roles and facets and qualities that are are needed to make a school district run and so we're going to share uh Kind of a list of those and divide it up into certain kind of lenses you can look at it, like site-based roles, district-based roles, different divisions. So hopefully that's helpful. And and one thing, yes, no, absolutely. We're going to get into that in just a second. First, let's start about, let's start with basically um, maximizing your income as a teacher. And so essentially most, maybe outside of private school, but definitely in the public, public sector, that you should... Try to get as much schooling as you can or at least the maximum amount of credits that you need yeah. to move over on the scale to yeah. the right. And as you move down in steps, that that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, if you want something else, then you're, you need to be looking for something else. But if you want to work within this um, system, that's essentially how it goes. And so um, I think, Wes, you might have a little bit yeah, of a story on I that. I actually had my first principal. That was a piece of wisdom she shared with me. And she said, get your master's as soon as you can. And I actually, I didn't fully embrace that wisdom. And I, I, you know, I was just getting my feet wet with the experience of teaching. But her perspective was, if you have a a 30-year career or 20-year career as a teacher, if you are on the right side of the salary schedule for 20 years versus you wait till year 15 to get your master's, that's thousands, hundreds, uh, it could be $100,000 difference in, in income. I'm not a math teacher, so don't take me to task on that. But the idea is get that master's, move all the way over on the salary schedule early, and for the rest of your life, you're benefiting you and your family because of that planning that you did in terms of your career. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just saying that's that's great <laughs> advice and, and very practical advice. So especially like when I completed my uh, teaching credential after uh, university and getting your degree that that's what I did I did a combo credential mm-hmm. slash masters and it just rolled right into it and then I was able to start day one with that's you know being pretty far yeah. over I, yeah. th- I still think I needed a few more classes here and there to really maximize the column movement over on the salary schedule but no it's that's sound and solid advice Good. So let's move into some of the opportunities at your site. Again, this is not an exhaustive list. However, these are some some that you're very familiar with, yeah, and that would be site-based positions um, yeah. at a school. Yeah, so one, one position, obviously, is in administration as school site. Not all schools have a vice principal or assistant principal, but many do. And so that's one way to... Um, take a, a move out of the classroom but into another position with more leadership responsibilities. Yeah, I, I like that you yeah. said leadership because not that you're not a leader in every position that you are, but these are very focused yeah. positions on uh, moving a multitude of people or at least a segment of the people or the population that you're with 
in in a direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then with that, there's principle, obviously. And you'll find that usually, uh, not always, but usually districts, you know, want you to be an assistant principal before you're a principal. And, you know, there's different levels of, you know, kind of hierarchy and um, uh, types of experiences that a district will um, will want you to have. Um, that's been my experience. And sometimes if you are in a K-12 They'll want you to be, you know, an assistant principal at an elementary and then an assistant principal at a middle before you go back and become a, a principal at an elementary. So, I mean, those are things that your district may or may not practice, but it's it's good to know. And it's good to know also not every district does it the same. So if you find that your district is kind of strict and rigid and they're like you have to do this one uh, path uh, to become, let's say, a principal – just know that that's not the case everywhere. So just be aware of that. Yeah, and, and some tips on if that's your path and you feel like that's the way you want to go, then you definitely need to take the opportunities within your school site and or the district on opportunities to take positions or at least uh, training positions of leadership anywhere where you can help others and yeah. it's evident because you want that experience and you want that on your resume yeah uh so for certain take those take advantage of that if it's available some districts i know that we do um every other year i think we do it now and that is have um it's, it's not a leadership team but a um like a cadre of of leaders or future leader yeah like aspiring administrators yeah aspiring mm-hmm. administrator there you go and we do that every other year. I think we did it for a couple of years consecutively, and now we're moving into the model where we're doing it every couple yeah, of years. Yeah. yeah. So also at the site, there's there's a couple of positions that require different certifications or credentials. Um, and depending on your state and region, maybe that's, that's different. Um, but my experience in California is there are counseling positions that require a counseling credential, and there are librarian positions mm-hmm. that require, require a librarian credential. And one of the, I remember very clearly being in my second year teaching uh, high school. I was a ninth grade English teacher. The 10th grade English teacher next door to me, she was unhappy. And she, you know, there were tears and it was just frustrating. And I just remember in the middle of that year, she said, I'm going to go and get my library credential. Mm. And she became the happiest individual. She actually had to leave the district to get another uh uh, get a librarian position, but it really changed her life from being unhappy in education to being really fulfilled. And she just found that, that sweet spot in education. So, um, but it was surprising to me as a, you know, second year teacher, I'm like, Oh, wh- where are you going? <laughs> greener, greener fields. Yeah. So let's move on. So again, not exhaustive, but let's move on to the district based positions. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit of a list that we wrote down and then we can kind of yeah elaborate, elaborate on those. Uh, so for new teacher support, you know, you can be a bits of support yeah. provider yeah. at the district level. You can be an instructional coach, a program specialist, a coordinator, a director, uh, assistant superintendent, and a superintendent. Now, some have deputy chiefs and things that go in between yeah. some of those things. Um, but nonetheless, those are kind of the big ticket items at the district level. Yeah. And it's interesting to note uh, with other districts nearby here, um, like some have like uh, deputy superintendents over the assistant superintendents in a division. Um, and in some places, the superintendent 
is actually the, you know, he's in charge of HR. She is because there is no, uh, it's not a big enough uh, district office to, to staff, you know, various assistant superintendents under the superintendent. And I think one we left off the list because we, mo- we work in a K-8 district, but in a high school district, um, you can have a dean right. in some school districts. Yep. It's not that all have them, but that is a, definitely another, uh, another position you might hold. Yeah. And another thing just to be aware of is different school districts and schools have different models. Like, for example, like the assistant principals might have like an equal responsibility um, or it might be a very specialized responsibility. Um, so one might be, for example, the high school I first taught at, there was kind of a dean of discipline. His job, like it or not, was discipline all day long. And then I was talking to another colleague in another district, and they said, no, we actually split. You know, I have a certain segment of the alphabet, and I do discipline for that. Plus, I manage or I supervise, you know, an academic area in terms of evaluations. So just be aware that, you know, just because it looks like, hey, I have to be the dean of discipline uh, if I want to move up, um, other districts may not practice that same, you know, structure. Um, And if that's not something that is a strength of yours or something you want to spend time doing you you have the freedom to look around and see how other uh districts uh structure their uh management no absolutely and and for us in our in our district and i think many other districts that that they have teachers on special assignment you're focusing on a certain um I guess brand, or I, I should say a, a certain level of knowledge, whether it be your IT knowledge or whether it be you're valued as an English teacher or you're valued as a technology, not guru, but somebody who is pretty innovative in, in certain areas. Uh, we, you know, in, in many districts are looking for different things and, and sometimes try to maximize the person that they're bringing up and they wear many hats in yeah. that area. So. Uh, just focus on that. That you, that might be something that you might want to do is a teach be a teacher on special assignment or a TOSA, and they have other names for them as well. Yeah, and I think another lens uh, to use when you look at people who are in these positions, because often we consider uh, a path based on the people we encounter, and sometimes you um, you see people in a position and they're inspirational and they seem to love it and you say i would love to do that because they seem so happy and the converse is true sometimes you find people in a position and you kind of get turned off to it because they seem so sour and unhappy Um, but the thing to remember is all these people with whom you work you have the opportunity to influence them treat them with kindness treat them with respect to learn from them and so instead of getting kind of stuck on like oh i I hope I never do that job or I hope I'm never that way is, you know, try to build that relationship and see um, it's possible they are in a a situation in a job where it's not really a great fit for the talent. And maybe that is making them unhappy, but they have, you know, the desire to do something else or they have other strengths or gifts. So just be aware that um, as you come across people in the educational sphere, your your um, district, your school is, you know, there's always a deeper story than what you see on the surface. So don't get turned off to a certain position because of one personality or personality type and just really get to know people and try to explore. And I guess I'm kind of taking the inspiration of we just spent two days with our district uh, office management team and getting to know people was really helpful beyond the the day-to-day work. 
Yeah, and I think it's appropriate for us to talk about some of the focus that we had um, at this um, leadership symposium because I think it relates to everything that Wes was just talking about. As you're talking to these different leaders or these diff- at least um, these different positions, people in positions that you maybe look forward to being someday, is that we were focused on being vulnerable and making sure that it is a safe environment. And when mm-hmm. we say safe, that it's a happy, a place that you can communicate with other people, get feedback from other folks, mm-hmm. and make sure that it's it's safe enough for you to take risks and chances. And that's what you have to, in certain cases, that's what you're going to do when you take a step beyond the classroom. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't have to be forced when you're ready then you should look at those look at those opportunities but be ready and and if you if you're if you are ready then when those opportunities come that you'll know that I'm 100% behind that and this is what I want to do so um, let's take a look or talk about some district divisions besides ed services yeah for sure and this is great um, food for thought is you know at the district level you have business services and so we just spent um, time with our um, assistant superintendent of business services, and he mentioned he was a middle school principal, and I've had conversations before with him about um, his years as a teacher. But it's interesting that you have somebody running the business division um, who came up as an educator. And so you have to have special skill sets, special experiences, um, but you can also be looking out for those things if that's kind of an area of interest and you can put yourself into those, you know, experiences where whether it's, you know, school site council or you're getting involved in the PTA and some of the budgets that are involved at your school site and that there's ways to explore whether that's a path you want to take. Um, HR is another one. Um, our assistant soup of human resources. Um, he actually worked in the restaurant industry before that. Um, and he had experience in the HR department. Uh, I think it was California Pizza Kitchen. I believe yeah. that was it. Yes. Um, but he was he started as an elementary teacher when he entered education, and he's also bilingual, um, so he has that background. Um, but then you know his life now is hiring and you know grooming and recruiting and you know working through you know difficult decisions where there's things that of a disciplinary nature that have to happen. Um, but that's obviously something that has um he has experience in but also kind of um is something he um i don't know if enjoys is the right word because i know sometimes personnel matters are <laughs> sure. sticky but um he's fulfilled by yeah absolutely know. and then uh, another one is our actual department that we're in or similar departments around and that is the tech or slash it department and our current boss and uh, assistant superintendent is also held many positions uh, as a teacher from kindergarten, I believe, yeah. through eighth grade. Yeah. You know, he's done a lot of things, whether it just be straight, uh, you know, middle school language arts or uh, it was a variety of different classroom third grade teacher, yeah. I think kindergarten teacher. So he has a variety of experience as well in, in that area. And I think originally he came from the restaurateur world yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Was, we were talking about that, I think, earlier this week. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So it's and a good thing to do is um, is to be aware, but also look for ways to connect with people in these different divisions, form relationships, find out what they love about their job, what they went through in terms of experiences that kind of set them up to 
to explore those areas because there's many, many areas where you can serve and be providing value for um, students and their families as well as our staff. Yeah, again, and let's wrangle this thing back in. Like, what are, the, what are these guys talking about? Why are they talking about? <laughs> I'm a yeah, first-year teacher. First teacher. What are you doing? <laughs> again, it's for planning for the future. Planning. Uh, plan for your future career moves. It's good to have them in the back of your head or in your sight line uh, because you want to target. And if it's a 30-year teacher you want to be, there's that's super. Yeah. That's super. Don't change that plan. But also allow yourself to be flexible because there might be some opportunities. And I, yeah. keep, I keep harping on that, but you just never know when a door opens. And it's something that will fulfill you even more. Yeah. Um, my thought was that I didn't want to leave the classroom. There was something that told me I wasn't done teaching yet. But I also knew that this opportunity, the teacher on special assignment that I first initially accepted as a, uh, or I, you know, I applied for, that it would fulfill my my need to help even more students indirectly through teachers. By helping teachers, I help more classrooms. Yeah. By helping those classrooms, I help a plethora of students. Yeah. And while they're not my day-in, day-out students, which fulfills my kind of human uh, resource need to you know, talk to students and develop a relationship, I had to put that aside for myself and, and try to help more students. And I believe that's what I'm doing with what the decisions I've made. Yeah. And for me, the reason um, I, I got into uh, a position outside the classroom was I, I started coaching students for speech and debate. And I found I really, really liked the one-on-one -on -one coaching aspect. And I was just really having a great time and taking students to speech tournaments and coaching them and going places on the weekend. And uh, a position came up where it was coaching teachers, you know, and supporting new teachers. And so I just saw a fit for something that I've been kind of almost like subconsciously seeking out more opportunities with students. And then that was a, alongside grading and lesson planning and doing all the things in the classroom periods one through six. And then this position came up, says, well, you can do that full time. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a fit. And yeah. luckily somebody else thought that too. So let's talk about a few things uh, or a few opportunities outside of the normal public school education, the district and school site. And that would be something like consulting yeah. that we've both done in the past. Yeah. Um, maybe there's ed tech companies yeah, that you'd like sure. to work for. Um, Ozobot, Flipgrid. You could go on and on. There's a lot of these companies have education arms to them where they want to, of course, they're a for-business or for-profit model, and so, but they want the expertise of teachers, and those are opportunities that you can seek out, and including textbook publishers. Yeah, textbook publishers have uh, trainers. Um, I remember probably my first couple of years, um, there was some legislation and some new textbooks coming into uh, into play and everyone had to get trained and I you know met these people who work for textbook companies and we spent time with them in long professional development sessions and you know but come to find out they're they're people who had lived full lives in education and then left to to spend time with you know pr providing professional services for adults who were then going back to the classroom and so um yeah, that I was thinking there's also writing, you know, you can blog. Um, there's tons of ways to to share and um, 
contribute uh, back to educators and education, um, even outside the public school district. Yeah, well said. I think there's a lot of different opportunities um, in and out of the school district. So, well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed yeah. that. That was a little different for us. That we we just wanted to focus on new teachers, of course. That's what our podcast is about, and hopefully, we focused or we were able to explain a few of this, the our thoughts and ideas and our experiences. Yeah and show you that there are lots of opportunities and some of them will just come over time so if you want to wait two three four five years before you even think about it god bless you go do that because that's okay too um but it's it's never you know too early to start thinking about these things yeah. not to like you should love the the process of teaching i, I believe I, I think it's going to make you a better educator if you love this process not that you're trying to get away from students per se right because it all comes back to students let's put it that way that at ed the education the game is about students and it's a serious game yeah. because we're working with children we're working with you know mindsets and they're all a little different and we we need to massage that so they become productive and just good people overall and yeah. and that's what we're trying to do as an educator so um, you still have to be you know got have to have your head on straight in terms of like why are you doing this this whole takes a special person to be in education and we thank you all for being educators yes. if you're a first-year teacher or you're you know you're just enjoying this podcast as a veteran teacher but nonetheless um, it, it's a it takes a special person to do this job and, and we thank you for that but um, one of the last things we'd like to do is give a special shout out to Somebody who left us a iTunes yeah, um, a comment, a yeah. review. I just want to read just the first sentence because, or maybe the first couple sentences. But I want to thank you for giving your precious time and energy, time and energy and thoughtfulness back to the teaching profession. Your kindness is a testimony to the profession and art of teaching. And there's a little bit more said, um, and that's by Andy Wheeler. Yeah, we want to thank, thank you, you, Andy, if you're if yeah. you're listening to this one. We appreciate you, and we appreciate all the kind words that people have said. If you haven't left us a message, yeah. we'd love a five-star rating and a, a leave review. us a, and a review. That, that would be great, yeah. or a comment in the iTunes um, yeah. um, ecosystem, I guess. But we we can be found in other places as well. Yeah, uh, I just said a, a word on that. We have 28 five-star uh, ratings, um, but we have fewer um, comments, you know, and re those reviews are really helpful um, for us to improve and be encouraged. So, yeah, go go leave us a rating and a review, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, we do. You can find us also on Stitcher. You can find us on Anchor FM or Anchor.fm. Mm -hmm. You're using Google the Play. app, Google Play, and all the places there are podcasts, we're more than likely there. So yeah. we appreciate you guys. That's yeah. going to do it. Until next time, peace. Connect with us on social media at Pablo and Wes. On Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and all the podcast places on the web like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Overcast. And remember to get your free special gift at pabloandwest.com slash gift. Yay! <laughs>